This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited to talk to my next guest. This is amazing because I tell you, we were just having a little conversation before this uh, recording about, you know, what she does and the amazing work that she's doing. She is from Southern California, actually from the same city that I was in for a long time in, in L.A. Um, she is uh, a lawyer who went to University of Southern California, USC, and for her law degree, Loyola Law in Los Angeles, deeply connected to her community. She had founded Teresa Gutierrez Law uh, about seven years ago, and I'm excited because the kind of law she does, I think, is very, very important. As a matter of fact, you know, my husband and I have been talking about creating a trust and doing those kinds of things that aren't with our own assets. I think it's super important for you to do, and she does so much more. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Teresa, how are you? I'm doing well, Tam. How about yourself? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Well, I'm excited because, you know, like I was saying, my, this has been a, a conversation uh, with us, you know, as my husband's parents get older, you know, just thinking about setting our, you know, our, our family up, you know, and not having to fight with um, the end of life cycling. And then, of course, with our own house, we just purchased, you know, putting that into a trust is also very important. So figuring that all out. Um, you primarily work with um, people in California. But what I really want to know is how did it all start? What what got you interested in law in the first place? Yeah, great question, Tam. Um, so I, I wasn't one of those persons that, you know, ooh, I wanted to be a lawyer since I was four years old. No, absolutely not. Um, in fact, Tam, there was a time when I didn't even know if I was going to college or not, um, right? So I kind of decided late in the game in high school, I would go to college. Um, and I started at the community college, the local community college, ultimately transferred to the University of Southern California. And during that time, I definitely knew I wanted to be in some sort of helping profession. But my focus really, when I started at USC, I was a psychology major. And I wanted to be a social worker or a psychologist. And I wanted to help counsel people and help them work through traumas. Um, toward the end of my time at USC, that's really where that shift happened, uh, where I decided to focus in on the law and decided that that was going to be the profession for me. And really, um, there's a story behind everything, right? We all have our story. But um, in short, what happened was um, I was renting for the first time. I was on my own for the first time in college, had moved out of um, you know, my parents home to be closer to school and to focus on school, um, you know, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, long story short, when that, um, when that leasehold came to an end, um, I, I was going to go abroad um, and study abroad with, with USC. And at that time I had some, um, some issues with, with the landlord. And I was just really, um, it was like a, a wake up call. I was, you know, slapped in the face. Like, how do I deal with this? I've never had to deal with this issue. And, you know, now I have this landlord who doesn't want to return, um, my deposit. What do I do? And at that time, I was um, simultaneously taking a legal writing class at USC, um, which was geared towards students that wanted to get a taste of what it might be like to study law. So we had been working on demand letters um, throughout that semester. So I took what I was learning in that class and applied it to my situation at hand. And I got my deposit back, um, you know, on that apartment. And then I just said, 
I think I can do this. I think I want to do this. I clearly, you know, have a voice. I speak up for myself and, you know, yes, um, I think counseling, being a therapist would be amazing, but I, I really think I would be so much better, um, at it, helping people from, from this angle. And, um, by then I was a junior, um, at USC by the time I graduated USC, I wasn't quite ready to go straight from undergrad, um, you know, into the rigorous, uh, you know, three-year law school program, um, taking the LSAT exam. So I did take some time off. I, I took five years off and got kind of quote unquote real life experience. And a lot of people said, oh, you shouldn't stop. You know, you probably will not go back. Um, but, but I knew in my heart that I would, um, what was important to me, was to really just get out there, work for a little bit. And I wanted to see, because um, I had always heard about the versatility of a law degree. So I wanted to see the the numerous ways that it could be used. Um, yes, in the practice of law, but in other ways too. So I did have a stint um, working on a political campaign. I did work out on Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. for some time. So I got to meet a lot of lawyers um, that were congressional staff, um, you know, worked on committees. So they were writing legislation and um, advising, you know, political leaders, things like that. Um, so that was really amazing to observe. And uh, before law school, I also got some experience um, at a local nonprofit in Los Angeles as well, which helped me see, you know, uh, individuals actually utilizing the law degree um, as attorneys, as practicing mm -hmm. attorneys. Um, and um, that still, you know, didn't, um, you know, waver me in any way. I, I still charged forward with my goals and eventually, um, you know, sat prepared for the law school admission test and started applying to schools. And uh, I want to say it was around that five-year mark where, where I started my law school um, adventures. That's awesome. Is anyone in your family a law lawyer or anybody that you saw, you know, other than this example, you talked about your experience, but was anybody saying, you know what, Teresa, you would be good at this, or this is something that we always wanted you to do anything like that? Uh, never. No, no. So nobody in my immediate circle, you know, was an attorney. Um, I, I come from, you know, humble roots by humble roots. I mean, you know, working class family, um, both of my parents, you know, were immigrants, uh, to this country. Um, my siblings and I, you know, grew up speaking and learning Spanish, um, in our home. So, so no, I, I can't say that anyone in particular, you know, was, um, influenced me, influencing me, excuse me, or, you know, encouraging me to go down that route necessarily, um, you know, it was just something that I on my own, um, decided to challenge myself with. And I say challenge because I, I knew it was not going to be, um, an easy, you know, feat, um, everything from preparing for the law school admissions test to applying for law schools, to making, um, you know, the time and the financial commitment, um, getting through it all, um, the bar exam, you know, I had, I, I guess you don't really know until you're going through it, right. You have an idea. Um, so definitely I, I had a very solid idea of what I was signing up for and I, you know, I was just determined and, and committed to, to, uh, accomplish my, my goal. That's, um, that is amazing. I, I can imagine. Okay. So as a, a child of immigrant parents, you know, uh, primarily probably learning, you know, Spanish and English the same time as you're growing up and uh, going into law, which, you know, no one in your family has, the, uh, has any background in. Then all of a sudden, uh, you were in this world 
as a woman, what are some of the ups and downs you do experience, whether it's in your own life, because, you know, every, all of us have something, but then also maybe even in your business, when you're setting up your, your law, um, you know, your office, I'm sure that there has been some ups and downs that you've experienced during that. Yeah, certainly. I think that's a great, great question. Um, you know, especially for folks that, you know, might be setting out on their own path, charting their own path. I think it's always um, wonderful to hear about adversity and not just adversity, but how we overcome it. That's right. Um, so, so I love that question. I love that question. So I would say definitely, um, you know, in, in law school and, get, and getting through law school, there were challenges in and of themselves. Um, I think a lot of those challenges, um, if, if I'm being um, introspective and, you know, looking back, um, a lot of the challenges, I, or at least in my experience, I feel have been um, not so much created by me, but in my in my own mind, right? We sometimes, Tam, I think, have to get out of our own way. And one thing I've learned, I think definitely after seven years of entrepreneurship, um, that maybe I wish I would have learned um, before is, you know, sometimes we might feel scared or nervous. Um, very normal when we're, you know, um, embarking on the un known. But I think one one thing I would maybe look back and say to myself, and one thing I would tell somebody else maybe getting started with whatever the goal is, be it becoming an attorney, a doctor, whatever the goal is, anything else, an entrepreneur uh, would be, you know, just because you feel fear, uh, maybe a little doubt, you know, it's not because um, you can't do it, or you're not going to be good at it. It's just because it's new. Yeah, it's because it's new. So, you know, find yourself some, some mentors and cheerleaders, um, that will get behind you and support you. Um, and, and that might be there for you, but then learn also to be your, your own cheerleader, right? That is so, so important because yes, there's going to be ups and downs, um, in any journey. And if we decide, um, you know, to just give up or pivot, whenever a challenge comes up, well, then, you know, we're not going to be very successful in, in reaching the end goal. But if we learn uh, to persevere, you know, and charge on, you know, the, the outcome, you know, is going to be, I think, worthwhile. Um, and then that's honestly where a lot of the character development, I think, happens sometimes through, you know, through the challenges. So in law school, I would say maybe I was, I was still, um, I, I felt very, you know, boxed in, you know, this is what you have to do. These are the bells and whistles that, you know, should be on the resume, you know, but, but I don't regret anything I did in law school, anything I pursued in law school. I really think that prepared me, um, you know, for where I'm at now. Law school, I'll tell you, Tam, you know, maybe like many other um, formalized program pr programs and education doesn't prepare you to be a lawyer. Not one bit. Mm. You know, the law school admission test is its own animal. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's testing, reading comprehension, analytical ability, it's testing his own things. But I'll tell you, I, I, I personally don't believe that performance on the law school admission test dictates the studies might show otherwise, uh, the studies I think might show varying, um, varying degrees, you know, parts that support what I'm about to say parts that don't but um, the law school admission test is its own thing. And then once you're in law school, that's a whole separate thing as well a different type of studying mm -hmm. different type of preparation a lot of it does turn on your own personal um, learning style mm -hmm. right you know are are you auditory are you do you learn by writing do you right all those things come into play and I think I definitely learned a lot about myself and my studying habits and how I retain information um, and all those things but then 
you have the bar exam, which is very different too. It's a whole different system from the law school admission test, from the law school curriculum, and then the bar exam. How do you prepare for that? And then you go into practice. And boy, you know, if if the rest had its own learning curves, law practice certainly has a learning curve because here you are now with this license and, you know, most of law school is all textbook. Yeah. Yes, there's opportunity for internships here and there. Um, but the bulk of it is just, you know, you're reading case books and case studies, many of which are, you know, old, uh, very old and, and outdated, but they're just part of the law school curriculum. And then here you are, this new lawyer, like, okay, you know, what, <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? So I became um, a law firm owner very early on in my law practice, one year into it. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy, Teresa. I mean, you would think that you would go into a law firm, learn the ropes with some senior, you know, make some mistakes under the tutelage of, you know, a law firm, but to go straight into entrepreneurship, that is some bold, I say ovaries, okay? <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right, Tam. That's right. That's right. You know, I'll say this. When I was about to sit for the bar exam, it was about a week before. At this point, you know, I'm I'm doing my bar course. You know, they, they tell you when you go into it, do as much of the assignments as you can, because at some point you, you do realize that the, the agendas they're giving you, the assignments, the practice tests, it is very ambitious. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the end goal ends up being, you know, get that barometer of start to finish as close to finish um, as you can. So, you know, I was definitely putting in the hours. Um, I, you know, I wanted to pass that exam on the first try. California is known to be very, very difficult uh, mm -hmm. with respect to bar passage. At the time, my little girl, who's now nine years old, she was only eight months old when I sat for the bar. So I was preg I was pregnant my whole <laughs> third year of, of law school. So um, I had like this very rigid schedule where, you know, I'd wake up early in the morning every day during bar prep. You know, my daughter would stay with grandma. I would go do my classes, um, do my practice test, take a quick lunch break. Um you know, I would, I would, I was breastfeeding her. So I would, um, I would pump in the car, in my car. Mm. I had a cooler. I would store the milk. I would go back, finish, you know, the library was open nine to eight or nine to nine. I was there the whole day. Then I would go home, you know, and do it over and over and over. So by the time I got to the week before the bar exam, I felt unrecognizable, <laughs> you know, I bet hair a mess, everything a mess. And I get a call from one of my old uh, bosses. And she's like, hey, you know, um, it was a national nonprofit. So I, I was part of their founding staff in Washington, D.C. And she says, our LA office needs some help. Um, I didn't have a job, by the way, mm -hmm. Tam. So, you know, this was like music to my ears. So it, honestly, a, a lot of what I've done um, and what I do now, I feel like I'm always walking just on faith and a strong belief that that's just, just faith and a very strong belief that, you know, what I'm striving for, what I'm aiming for is, is going to work out because there's yep. no other way. There just is no other way. Um, so that's what happened. I was in essence getting a job offer when I didn't have one right before the bar exam. And I told her, I said, thank you so much for calling me. I'm so excited. I said, but let's have this conversation once I finish the exam. Yes. I, just, I need to get through this exam. So, you know, I finished the exam and then I had a job, you know, to walk into. So that was a, a beautiful, pleasant thing you know to have and um some of my classmates i would say were in a similar boat as me they didn't have jobs when we graduated some did but i wasn't 
scared. And looking back, I'm like, you should have been scared. Like you were, you're about to bring a baby into this world. You're about to have, you know, student loans, all these types of obligations. And and you weren't scared. You just knew it was going to work out. And, you know, and it did. So um, I, that's where I was introduced Tam, to uh, legal guardianship work. That's where I did my first legal guardianship case. Mm -hmm. But I always was very interested in estate planning in law school. When I took my estate planning courses, uh, which were electives, by the way, I'm like, wow, this is some really interesting stuff. And then I, you know, unfortunately, I lost my father uh, between my second and third year of law school. And he passed away into state, you know, without a plan. Um, A lot of what he owned was jointly with my mother. So, you know, on the court side, we didn't have so much issues. But just on the personal side, um, about not knowing what he wanted um, for those final wishes, I felt like we as a family were not only mourning him, but making a lot of decisions based on emotion, because you want to do the best thing for your loved one. I said, wow, you know, how impactful, how empowering might it be for me to go out into my community and, you know, educate and serve people in in this way, this, this Mm -hmm. thing that we all need, no matter, you know, how small or how large the estate, there's something to protect, um, for everybody. So that's kind of where my mind started focusing on, you know, the type of law that I would ultimately practice. So when I'm at this nonprofit doing legal guardianships, which is very much in alignment with this practice area, I said, how do I start doing the estate planning work? Mm -hmm. And I did start looking at firms uh, to be truthful. You know, nobody wanted to hire anybody with anything less than five years of experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I said, where am I going to get this experience if I'm not out there experiencing it? Right. So so it's kind of like this, this, um, you know, defining moment for me, because then I started talking to my friends, I had friends that were, um, you know, immigration practitioners, bankruptcy, doing their own thing that hung their own shingle. And um, the story that I was hearing repeatedly with these women, they were, they all happened to be women um, that were doing their thing and and successfully in their own way, um, was that you just have to get out there and do it. And um, one of my mentors who I'm meeting with next week, actually, she she told me something that has stuck with me to this day. She said, listen, she said, you finished la- law school, you passed the bar, you are an attorney. Yes. You you are licensed to do, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and then other friends of mine were saying, you know, yeah, you're you're ready. All you need to do is announce yourself, get yourself that first case and get yourself a mentor. That's it. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know what? That is, I don't meet very many people that start you know, their own practice that so early. So that's admirable. And it just shows, um, you know, what kind of woman you are and that is possible. So if anyone else is listening and looking uh, to figure out what their way is, this is absolutely a way that you could uh, look at building your business. What are you, what are you excited about now? What is, what's inspiring you right now? Yeah. I mean, right now I would say seven years in, um, I'm really trying to get out there and do more work in the community. Um, I would say, you know, up until this point, uh, you know, it's been kind of very, I've been very quiet, not that it's been quiet, but it's been just a lot of, you know, word of mouth. And now I'm putting myself out there more and, um, having my own firm hosted, um, in-person workshops, online workshops, um, and I'm, I'm just really excited, um, you know, at the further reach I'll be able to have in, in my community. I, I always say in this practice area, I want people to at least be um, educated and informed um, so that they can make their decisions with eyes wide open. If they decide that they don't want to set up, you know, an estate plan, let's say, I want them to at least know what happens on the back end, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'm, I'm just really all about empowering and, and educating right now and trying to get more community reach. That's amazing. And what about, um, you know, if you were talking to another woman or another person who wanted to be successful in her business, what would you say is the key to your success? What would be the first thing that she needs to really look at if she wants to be successful? Sure. I mean, I think, um, I think authenticity gets, gets thrown around a lot. It is very important, but it does get thrown around a lot. Um, but I think if we're really gonna focus in on, on that word or, or, you know, kind of, um, focus on like what makes you shine, you know, what are your, what are your strong attributes? Cause we all have them, right. We all have our strengths and we all have, um, areas that we would love to work on. So I think if you just hone in on your, on your strengths, um, be it because you've come to learn about them from other people that point out to you, Hey, like this is really your strong suit. You know, if you focus in on that, I think that's going to really help differentiate you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and ultimately I, f- I feel like with myself, you know, um, I want to work, uh, you know, with folks that want to work with me and that see the value, you know, in working with me. Um, and I think this area of law, you know, sometimes people downplay it. Um, I, I, I've heard people in other fields say like, Oh, this work is, is so easy. It's so easy. And, you know, maybe at times it is because I, I love it, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you a lot of the conversations that we have in this line of work, it, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's high complex, not just on the planning side, but definitely once you get into the court realm, yeah. you know, fighting out, um, legal custodies, you know, in these guardianships or conservatorships when people are incapacitated or in probate proceedings, you know, if you're trying to protect, um, you know, airship rights and it, it can be very, very challenging, but I, I would say for me, what's, what's helped me, or at least what people have told me, um, that they like, uh, you know, about working with me is just, I, I guess it's very, it's very personalized. Um, I really, um, I really want to get to know my clients and I Mm -hmm. do get to know my clients. And I think that's just the beauty of having like a more boutique style um, practice, right? Because when my clients, you know, come to my firm, you know, if we're going to court, they're, they're getting me, they're getting me. I'm not going to pawn them off to somebody else. Same thing when we're doing the estate planning process. I mean, I really get to know them. They get to know me. Um, you know, have I had to enlist help and support along the way? Yes, of course. But I think for for the core components of um, my cases, you know, where you really get to um, d- develop the case and and guide the client, you know, that that's all me. And I think that's something that's very special um, because I have found, you know, I would say the majority of my cases um, really the it, it's a relationship mm-hmm. and. Um, I think by the time we finish, you know, whether it's the estate plan or the court case, I, I've really gotten to know people. And I think that's really, it's really, it's, it's special. I love it. I love it. Teresa, is there anything else that you want to share about just being a boss lady and this life and building your empire and touching all these people's lives? Is there anything else that you would like to share? Yeah, I would say just the message in general that's coming to me right now is, you know, don't be afraid to get out there and test things and and try things. You know, there might be some missteps. Um, You know, maybe you're not going to get it right the first time or it's not going to go as intended. Um, But I think if you have uh, kind of this mentality or or this mindset that you're willing to um, sit there and and look at maybe what worked out, what didn't work out and learn from it. Yeah. um, You're willing to like, 
refine and rinse and then try something new um i i think that that'll really serve you well not just in life but in business and entrepreneurship um and i i think for me um you know that's been definitely part of this um, entrepreneurial journey is okay you know maybe what worked well for me in year one or two uh, definitely in year five and six, you know, we're going to do things different because ultimately we want to provide, you know, better quality um, services um, that make life as easy as possible for our clients. So I guess I'm kind of open minded. And, and I think that really um, helps me just try new things that I think are going to make it easier for me to best serve, um, you know, my clients. I love it. I love it. Well, Teresa, this has been awesome. I'm so excited for all the stuff we're going to be doing together. I'm excited for, you know, this new book that's coming out. And uh, thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to uh, chatting with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Tam. <laughs>